You may be seated. The Old Testament lesson comes from Psalm 141, verses 1 through 2. I call upon you, O Lord. Come quickly to me. Give ear to my voice when I call to you. Let my prayer be counted as incense before you, and the lifting up of my hands as an evening sacrifice. Our second lesson comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 14, 17. But thanks be to God, who is in Christ always, leads us in triumphal procession, and through us spreads in every place the fragrance that comes from knowing him. For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To the one a fragrance from death to death, to the other a fragrance from life to life. Who is sufficient for these things? For we are not peddlers of God's word like so many, but in Christ we speak as persons of sincerity, as persons sent from God and standing in his presence. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. For our children's message today, I have an orange. I didn't just leave it up here on the pulpit in case I got hungry, although I was wondering. <laughs> I, I thought you might be wondering. <laughs> but while it was sitting up there, it has a distinct scent, doesn't it? While it was sitting up there, if I were to peel it, I bet you could almost smell it. Because we all know the aroma of an orange. Kind of the moment it opens, we have a sense of what it smells like. And it stays with you for a while. When I was in elementary school, there was a, a girl in my class who always brought oranges for snacks. And every time she opened the oranges, we kind of knew it was something she brought every day for snacks. Uh, we knew who it was. Even if you couldn't see her, you knew which one brought it. She always brought the oranges. So whenever I smell an orange, I think about her. Something about childhood memories. You think about these things. For our kids, I want to challenge us. When you smell certain things, I actually want to challenge you to pray. Every time I smell an orange, 
sounds a little silly. I pray for this girl in my elementary school class. I have no idea where she is. I've moved from the town I grew up in. I actually guess she has too. But I pray for her. It might be something different. You may not have any one you think of when you open an orange. But I wonder for our kids if there's something that you can think of, that you smell, that you can think of to pray for your friends. God uses different things to remind us to pray for our friends. So I want to give you that challenge, to let God bring something to your mind to be able to pray for your friends. Will you guys pray with me and help me out? Let's pray together. Dear God, we thank you for the gift of prayer that helps us to lift one another up no matter where we are. Amen. I'm going to keep this up here, not just for a snack, but to remember my friend. When children are asked to name their five senses, smell is almost always the last one that they name. And when adults, are asked, which sense would you sacrifice? We almost always say smell. We offer that one up first. I think the sense of smell needs a good public relations campaign manager. What exactly is the role of our sense of smell? Anyway, we might ask, well, smell, historically, determines whether or not we should consume the food items that are before us, like Remy, if you've ever seen the Pixar movie Ratatouille, determines at one point for the whole rat colony, is this poisonous or is this safe to eat? But our sense of smell is so much more than this. Scent is deeply connected to the memory center in our brain. Some perfumes and colognes remind us of our loved ones. When we peel back the skin of a clementine orange and the citrus smell wafts through the air and onto our fingers, we're transported to decades gone by Christmas time, or like me, school lunch. When I was in kindergarten, we used large quantities, maybe you did too, of paste and rubber cement. I don't think they use that quite as much anymore. <laughs> These distinct smells remind me, if I ever catch them, of my elementary school teachers <laughs> and deep-seated memories. 
It might be for you when a particular scent catches your nose. You remember something you've long since forgotten. When you catch a whiff of chlorine, you could be transported back to the required swimming classes that you had in high school, or maybe when pool was segregated and you were welcomed or not in the local pool. Words go to the thinking part of our brain. Scent goes to the amygdala. It's the emotion that scent hits. Do you know what the favorite scents we have as a nation? Top 10, I'll give them to you. Cakes, baking in an oven, the ocean, we like that. Citrus, cinnamon, coffee, freshly cleaned laundry, lavender. And here's the top three. Top three, number three, freshly cut grass. Number two, bacon. Just saying. <laughs> And the number one smell for us as a nation is fresh baked bread. That sounds good. I'd love to hear what you guys like. It's probably some of these. Maybe it's even something different. Feel free to comment online as well. They bring us joy. And they almost always bring a smile to our face. To be fair, we have a few things we'd rather not smell as well. They make us squeamish and uncomfortable. Garbage, dirty diapers, skunks, and the stench of injustice. I didn't have a good thing to put up for that. But have you ever thought of smell as a part of your discipleship? Probably not. We primarily engage our sense of smell when it's triggered by something delightful or something perfectly awful and we'd rather not smell it altogether. But the sense of smell was highly valued in the ancient world. Paul writes of the sweet fragrance of salvation. Kathy read it for us in the second letter to Corinth. It also shows up in Philippians, the fourth chapter, 18th verse. In the temple of the Lord, incense was offered as a sacrifice of thanksgiving. It was in worship that people would experience the aroma. Throughout the Old and the New Testaments, we're told this was pleasing to God. In Psalm 141, which we heard, the psalmist opens up this time of devotion that's earnest and needful prayer, remembering this incense on the altar, remembering that it pleases God, and this gesture of the open hands, opening up to what God, what God has in store for the psalmist, we know that Psalm 141 was written by a worshiper who was in north of Israel after the fall of the exile. 
before the birth of Christ, about 700 years. And we know that the psalmist is giving shape to listen to my prayer. If only I could be in the temple. If only I could go all the way to the temple and my prayers were like the incense that lifted up. But the distance keeps me from going. Desperation rises like the sweet incense, and my hands are waiting for what you will give me, for how you will respond to my prayers. I'll tell you, this feels more apropos today than it might have a few years ago. As we worship from our homes, and we worship from our family rooms, and we worship apart from one another, our prayers give praise and worship to God. Earlier this month, our bishop, Bishop Peggy Johnson, called us to light a candle, to place it in our window in our home, and she said these words, may your witness from where you are be a reminder that light dispels the darkness, that good triumphs over evil, and that truth overcomes falsehood. Prayers are a faithful and sweet smell to the Lord. Now this practice didn't start in the 20th century. It didn't start in the 21st century. We have been in this practice as a faithful people for centuries and centuries before. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. Lighting a candle as you pray and observing the smoke that wanders upwards has been since the earliest days of humanity. The book of Leviticus and Deuteronomy, you know, the ones that you and I kind of skip by sometimes if we're truthful, that has a lot of words that we'd rather not always dive into, details the offerings of prayer and thanksgiving. Genesis and the prophets tell these stories through. Even the book of Revelation includes the practice in the end days as well. In the last year, we've become more vigilant about how smell changes when you're ill. COVID screenings, we've all had to do them at some point or another, Ask the question, did your sense of smell change? But we've known this when we've had allergies or runny noses. When you get a sore throat, no one wants to relive the experience of a freshly baked dessert that you can't taste all of it when it's cooked. Part of the delight of baking in your own home is the wafting aroma that fills every part. Realtors know this. 
They tell us when we're selling a home to bake chocolate chip cookies so potential buyers will have the olfactory experience as they walk through the door. Researchers say that one in four of us over the age of 40 have some change to our smell, particularly those of us who've had some kind of head injury or poverty or dry mouth. We know this happens as we age. For those of us who've known dementia or Alzheimer's, we know that all factory, that is our smell, can change. It's a marker for Alzheimer's. But even in the places where memory is a flickering flame, we come to the altar of prayer. For those for whom it's a retiring sense, I invite you to the gentleness with yourself. Because prayer is not a competitive sport. It's a collaborative team sport. For those for whom the scent is active, I ask you to consider using it as discipleship. As you sense dinner cooking, let it invite you into prayer. Not just in thanksgiving for the cook. It could be you, it could be somebody else. Give thanks for the food that has been provided, for the creation that has offered the food, but also for those who are hungry on this day. And when you have no words, let silence be your prayer. God is moving. When you catch a scent of aftershave or of perfume, maybe it reminds you of someone who has since gone by. Give thanks for their life or pray through the family challenges. Anybody who's ever had a family knows that there are challenges but also offer up prayer for others' families as well. There are families who have had the opportunity to be together during this time, and families that are apart. Resources that have been stretched thin, and decisions that have needed to be made by medical professionals that have not been enviable. Let your prayers of compassion and wisdom and insight be a pleasing aroma to God. Now this one might be challenging for all of us. As you catch a whiff of garbage on what we in our house call garbage eve, that's the night before you have to take out the garbage. We've decided to call it garbage eve in our house. Pray for the stench of injustice. Injustice. We know that our hearts need to be turned back to Jesus. And so do our siblings in Christ. We've all done things that have not pleased God. And we've left things undone 
that we know God's called us to do. And the stench of injustice wafts weakly. And it should be confessed just the same as our trash needs to be taken out every single week. Now, let us not get confused and take out somebody else's trash or forget to take out our own true confession. We've occasionally forgotten to take out the trash at our house, and it builds up. Our prayers and even our confessions are a pleasing aroma to God. Our final hymn this morning will remind us of the story of the disciple who poured a costly fragrance on the feet of Jesus. The Gospel of John names her as Mary. The story's told in all four, and Matthew's Gospel includes one detail. It says this, I tell you the truth, wherever the Gospel is preached, what she has done will be told in memory of her. Because scent has a memory. Let aromas call you to prayer. For prayer is to God. Let it bring about the reign, the kingdom of God. This, my friends, is the good news of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. Amen.